WATV Radio seeks to inform and engage the Bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome, my friends, to the Texas Power Hour with Pastor Carolyn Sism and Friends. This radio show is an outreach ministry of Eastgate Ministries in Katy, Texas. Experience the power. Experience the glory with Pastor Carolyn Sism. Teaching us. Yes. And uh, 
Robbie, our one eight-year-old grandson, had some leg pain, and he said to his mom and daddy, uh, my legs are hurting, they're painful. So they took him to the doctor. The doctor said, uh, well, I have good news. It's growing pains. <laughs> he's, so, he's growing so rapidly, wow. it hurts. <laughs> I don't mean to look at anybody right now. <laughs> but you are growing so rapidly in the spirit. Yes. That's the pain of it. Yes. He said the bad news, there's pain with that amount of growing. You're in a growth spurt. Yes. I'm in a trouble. I don't know about you. I'm learning after about four years. Trouble could be my best friend. Yes, yes, thank you. I never knew it. Because trouble brought me to Jesus. Amen. You didn't come to Jesus on a good day, did you? No, sir. You came when all H-E-L-L broke loose. Glad you came. But uh, trouble, pain. It's, it's the fertilizer. It's like the fertilizer, isn't it? Yes. And I think God's pouring some miracle ground growth yes. over something. It's about time. And you're really growing. You're growing. You don't you don't feel like it. You don't think you are. You think you're going backwards. That's <laughs> it. You're growing. Pain means you're alive. Trouble means you're still here. <laughs> I had a blood clot in the artery. I mentioned this, I just want to mention it briefly. 15 years ago, 50-50 chance of living. Uh, they broke it open in time. Three days later, they kept me in the hospital, go up in me, heart catheterization, to see how much blockage or whatever caused it. Blood clot in the artery in my heart. 50-50 chance I survived it. Three days later, that heart test, I was supposed to be awake, and the doctor came into my room when I woke up from it. He said, are you okay? I said, what do you mean? You know, the doctor's supposed to be telling you something. Because <laughs> <laughs> you pay him a lot of money. <laughs> but I love doctors. If you're related, if you're a doctor, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, three days ago, 50-50 chance of living, and uh, out on the table, your heart stopped. But we jumped it back to beat again. He said, you're a lucky man. Never let a doctor number your days. That's right. That's right. They don't know. That's right. Our times are in God's hands. I, I think if it had not been for the Lord on our side, many of us would not be here this morning. Some of us would not be any place. If it had not been, and our one grandson, uh, he's he's eight years old also, seventeen days apart they were born. Shane, uh, Robbie and Shane are so different, like night and day. Robbie's not afraid of anything, and and Shane. Uh, is, is a little bit hesitant about stuff. 
especially storms, it used to be. Well, we're, we took them to Baltimore to see the Science Center a few weeks ago. And coming back, there was a bad storm coming up. And uh, of course, Robbie's not afraid of the storm. He made that clear. <laughs> so, uh, so Shane spoke up in the back seat beside Robbie and said, I like storms. <laughs> we knew it was by faith he was saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and the thunder started rolling in. Could hardly drive because of the rain, beating the car. And uh, after a while, he said, I like little storms. <laughs> <laughs> and that thunder got louder. And he said it to his daddy right up in the front seat. said, Daddy, could, would you check the weather forecast? Roy and his dad checked it out. He said, yeah, honey. It, it's, it's storming bad back home in our house. Shane turned to Omi Dagmar said, Omi, would you pray? <laughs> Let's be honest. We like little storms. <laughs> but God rolls the thunder. <laughs> and I know in Texas you've been hit by everything. Everything. You're the miracle that's still here. My uh, mother, I was reminded this to share this morning. My mother had open heart surgery when she was 70-some years old. Serious. And uh, we were in the waiting room after they did surgery. We wanted to, couldn't wait to find out how did it go. So we wait for the doctor to come out after he did the surgery. And he came out and said to the family, he said, I want you to know something. When you go in and see her, she's not going to look very good to you because of what she's been through. But because of what she's been through, she looks great. She looks great to us. And there's some of you here this morning. Because of what you've been through, there's people in your life that don't think you look that good or act right. <laughs> okay. God likes to get us laugh and then he kills us. I don't know. <laughs> but because of what you've been through, God says you look great. Because of what you've been through. I think God honors what we've been through. He doesn't forget those times. Yeah. And I, I hear the Lord saying to, to, I think all of us, because you have so many enemies, I'm going to bless you. Yeah. Because you have so many enemies surrounding you right now, that's the reason I'm going to bless you. I'm just going to do it for that reason. Yeah. I may be surrounded but I'm surrounded by Him. Amen. We may be surrounded, but we're surrounded by the Lord. Yes. Who gives the final word and answer. He's just going to bless us. I know mean, He can do that. He acts like He's God. 
I feel the Lord saying, I'm going to bless you from this day forward. Just because you have so many enemies. Your enemies have come to bless you and didn't know it. They just didn't know. He's lifting you up above. Your head above all your enemies. And I heard this saying on the way over here from Baltimore. Uh, what did I hear? <laughs> you want to do ministry? Go ahead. God will keep you very humble. <laughs> Be careful to get over your gut punches. Make sure you know how to handle a gut punch. A gut punch is when somebody comes along and even says something to you or does something that knocks the breath out of your lungs. You wonder if you're going to live. Somebody's had some gut punches that's knocked the wind out of you and you didn't know if you're, if you're going to make it. And the Lord brought this back to my mind. Maybe it's because it's football season coming. I don't know. Pray for me. <laughs> and I'm a Steeler fan, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the Steelers. But listen, uh, Ben Rosenberger, if I didn't know how to say it, that's all right. He's a tall guy, real big and strong. It's hard to tackle him. It's just known that way. It's hard to bring him down. He shared in one of his secrets in uh, football, he said, you know, when I know I'm going to get tackled by a guy and I can't escape the tackle, I start rolling. I start rolling the moment he's going to hit me. And most of the time, I outroll him. <laughs> and I still am going up long enough to throw a pass. And times it's rare when I do hit the ground because I'm on a roll. I don't hit so hard. Listen, if you don't know how to roll with a gut punch and try to resist it, it'll hurt you more. Learn to roll with the gut punches. Learn to roll. Because you can't escape them. How many thought when you forgave Somebody the last time that was it. Until <laughs> you lived another week. I've had all kinds of crazy people in my life. I wouldn't be where I was without crazy people. Drove me to Jesus. Okay, whatever. <laughs> laughing because God's doing surgery. Uh, you know, Houston, I, I felt the word saying Houston. And uh, I, I sat beside a passenger on the, on the plane. He lives a, a, just right across the street from the Missions Control Center, they call it, I guess. And he said, anyhow, it confirmed to me what I heard. I sense Houston uh, is going to become a spiritual mission control center. 
to launch things in the spirit and to control the spiritual atmosphere over at least this tech state of Texas. And you're part of it. It's spreading out. I see it spreading to Katie. And then Katie's in the house. Texas, it's spreading. You're part of it. You're God's. If you live here, God sent you. For this, for this moment in history. Gonna make history again. Yeah. Speaking of that, you know, I love Apollo 13. I, I just watch it every now and then. I'm the old school, and uh, I watched it. And last time when God told me to watch about a month ago, He said, "Bill, I want you to imagine you're in that capsule up there, and I want you to be the one that says, Houston, we have a problem.'" <laughs> I said, "Lord." I have a problem. <laughs> I don't want to do that. He said, no, I want you up there imagine it. I said, why? Because that's the way most people down here live every day. Mm. They have problems. Oh, I want you to be touched with, with the feelings of people's infirmities. Yes. You know what I'm in yes. You know, the problem wasn't going up for them. It was getting back. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of ministries having no problem getting launched. But they have a lot of problem getting back down to earth. Amen. God is bringing a lot of ministries back down to earth this hour. Because some of our dreams weren't really God's. We had pizza the night before. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. You said pepperoni. <laughs> I just really believe it's a serious time. Yes, it is. To get back down to earth. That's where God needs us. And I believe some of our plans, He's messed with some of our plans. To get us where He wants us this hour in the harvest field. And when they, when they had problem getting back down to earth, it's because that heat shield, when they built that thing, uh, if you watch Mich uh, Apollo 13, uh, they had three minutes to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. If it took longer than three minutes, the heat shield was so hot, it would have burned everything up. It never made it. In about the second minute, one of the guys in Mission Control that helped create that capsule, says, you know, to the director, they're not going to make it. We didn't build it to stand this much heat. They won't make it. I'll never forget what the director said. He said, I think this could be our finest hour. Oh, that's, that was worth watching on a movie. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, I don't know what some of you are having trouble re-entering something and the heat's, you're, you're in the furnace, but don't get out, the fourth man's coming. Ah. If you get out prematurely, you have to come back in later. Stay in the heat. Yes. Three minutes came and three minutes went and the whole world that was praying lost hope for a second. Until all of a sudden, that parachute Shot through the clouds. 
Because so many people were praying. And the devil's telling some of you, and people, even yourself, talking to yourself out of Waiting for God's hand to move. You weren't built for this kind of pressure in your life. You're not going to make it. You weren't built for this. Listen, man didn't build you. Come on, Lord. Man never built us. God built us. We knew what we could take. We could take as much as He does. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel something. I don't know what it is. It just, you're, I don't know. I don't know you. Um, and I'm sort of glad. But I feel like there's a great call. Holy Spirit's just on this family. Wow. I just see there's a there's a work being done and accomplished. I don't know where you're coming from or going, but I just see a, a movement of the Holy Spirit upon your life highlighting you for for a movement of the Spirit. I don't know where you're going to be, but I just sense a mobile, mobile, moving, mobile ministry, some kind of mission or something. God's preparing you for it. Uh, God says you didn't come this way by chance. God, you came, you came to this region. Uh, there's a launching anointing coming upon your lives. It just, and I just sense, uh, just like you're holding your one son, I just sense you're a father. You have a father of mantle, mantle of a father of many nations on you. You're a mother like of Israel. God says you're a great father, you're a great mother. And it's going to spread out to even spiritual sons and daughters. And it's just the way you are. God built you for that. And I don't care what kind of pressure you're in or fire or heat, God says you're, uh, I'm with you. I'm in the capsule, I'm holding the temperature. You won't burn. Praise God. You won't burn. You're coming out with no smell of smoke. Nothing's going to burn. Nothing. Nothing. Thank you, Jesus. So, uh, I was praying last week, God's calling me closer to Him and away from ministry. I love ministry. I never forget eight years ago, ministry, I fell in love with it more than the Lord. And when that happens, He'll do you a great big favor. He'll come down and stop invitations to get you back safely to Him. He's calling me back again. I'm actually in a rest season. I'm here out of season, really. I'm resting. I'm not all here. Resting in the Lord. Just And this past week, I'm finding something. The more I be with him, he loves it. I thrill him being with him. Eight years ago, here's what I, three months he shut me down. I had to be at home with my family and go to church. <laughs> Be with God. It was awful three months. Because <laughs> my flesh wanted to run, run, run. There came a moment three months I heard the phone. I felt his arms around me tight. He said to the angels, this son, 
is thrilling me so much. Just being with me. We were created to be with God on earth, not just there. He was so thrilled. Here's what he whispered to the angels. Take this son's ministry and run it into the four corners of the earth. He's thrilling me. That's when my ministry took off. take a break and rest with God a season, your ministry won't stop unless it was yours. But and it needs to stop if it's yours. I feel the witness on that by an air conditioning or something. But if it's God's ministry and you take a break, because even Jesus took breaks. If he did, we better. But if you take a break and it's God's ministry, it will take off without you. Because it's His, not yours. So you can afford to rest. We took a rest. I was supposed to burn out a few months ago. We took a rest. We went to the ocean without feeling guilty. Just we just stood in front of that ocean. We felt so small, but we knew God so big. Amen. That ocean, as big as it is, it was talking to us. Yes. God's bigger than all my waters. Amen. We come back so refreshed, I feel like I got born again. <laughs> Not in church. Not in the nature. If you're under pressure, get out of town. Get out of town. Some of you need to hear that. You're going through so much change and struggle. To, to, Jesus got out of town himself, went to the mountain. Take a break. How do you know what the word transmit, trans, well, transmission, no. Transition means. Transition means change. God doesn't change. Guess who does have to? Lord gave me this word. I just feel like I need to read it word for word because I, I don't know anybody who's not in transition. I feel like all three of our children's in transition. All of our kids. I think every, everybody changed. Have you been asking the question, what is going on in my life? You are probably in transition. Transition is when you don't seem to fit where you used to. Mm -hmm. I wonder how you're going to fit anywhere in the future. How many ever felt like you just don't fit down here? I wonder if we're supposed to fit too good down here. Because it's, it's really not our home, is it? But God fits us. But you know what? God knows and he's excited for you. Be patient tr during transition. You are getting a new transmission with upgraded gears. Mm. Some of us need a new transmission yes. with upgraded gears. Transition has a downside. I want to I wanna sort of caution you on this. During this time in your life, it has a downside. It's a vulnerable time. Yes. It's a vulnerable time for you and me. During transition, we can become vulnerable or weak because of the pressure the Lord allows to help change us, to be more like Him. Yeah. Under pressure. How many of you under pressure 
you could say some stuff you didn't really mean that way. Huh? And other people, other people's under pressure too. You can say something in the right spirit, and they take it wrong because they're under pressure. Be careful. It's a season of using duct tape. I feel that. I've experienced it lately. I shared something with, with, with one of the members of the church, and, and the way he talked to me later, like, I didn't say that at all. But he heard it like that. And I, I wish I'd have taped my mouth shut sometimes. By the way, they send duct tape up on in, in every space crap missile. That's how Apollo 13 go back. They, they said, uh, use the duct tape. Help bring them back. It's going to help bring us back, too. So in other words, beware of the fire of misunderstanding. In transition is a time when you can be easily misunderstood. It's like fire. Because the enemy uses that against us. Misunderstanding kills relationships and ministries more than anything. It's misunderstanding. We don't talk it out to one another. To reason things out to understand each other. We just leave churches. <laughs> Maybe I better say that again. Yeah. Listen, I've been in the same church 40 years, not four. 40, four zero. I'm not bragging. I'm boasting. I stayed after the honeymoon. It was over. The longer I stayed, the more I realized it wasn't people's problems, it was me. God said, I, a couple of times I wanted to leave, God said, listen, son, I don't want you to leave until I tell you. See, don't leave a church until God makes it clear. Let me can bless you when you leave, instead of wondering what happened. Yeah. One time I wanted to go out the door, and God said, hey, son, don't leave now. I don't want you messing up another church. <laughs> so the fear of God came on my life. Stuck it out. I've been crucified twice in the same church, 40 years crucified. If you stay long enough, you'll get nailed. It's part of growing. Out and you're staying in the right spirit, praying for the wrong authority over you, even God comes along and vindicates you sooner or later. I know that's complex. God does, listen carefully, God, God, God does call us out to help other churches and start ministry, so don't take it the wrong way. God just forgot to call me out. And so uh, here's, here's what the Lord said. I heard the Lord saying, I have certain gems of wisdom in some people you may not like. I have certain gems, certain gems of wisdom in some people you may not like. Love everyone for your own good and welfare. Yes, that does include your enemies. I put ouch at the end. During transition, many are tempted to quit or blame the Lord for not changing things instead of yielding to the Spirit to help change ourselves. And my wife had something on her heart about transition. And I'd just like her to come and share a few minutes about it. 
I don't, I don't think any of you ever heard my wife share here, have you? Yeah. So I gave her the mic and I might lose my ministry right now. Because <laughs> she's annoying me.
come down the birth canal. Um, active labor is your, when your cervix begins to dilate more rapidly, contractions are longer, stronger, and closer together. People often refer to the last part of active labor as transition. It's literally the transition between the first and second stage of labor. Um, it's often described as the, the most challenging and hardest part of labor. It's also the shortest, at least it's supposed to be the shortest, and signals to you that your birth and, and your midwife or doctor or, and husband that your baby will soon be born. Many women doubt their ability to go on in this stage, <laughs> requesting medication <laughs> or worrying uh, about how much longer it's going to take. This young mother told me, yeah, I, I, I said, cut me open. <laughs> Give me an epidural. But she's had natural childbirth for all her others, and she wanted it, but you're at that point where you're under so much structure, pressure, you just say, get me out of this. I remember feeling when we had our babies, um, we had the last two with midwives. Uh, the last one was a home birth. But uh, I remember feeling, you know, I don't want to do this. I want to run away, but where do you go? That's right. Where do you run? How do you get away? You can't get out of it. The baby's coming. One way or another. Okay, so it's during that stage of labor, women tend to become very vulnerable, they'll use that word, vulnerable to suggestions and are more likely to accept interventions that they previously did not want. That's when you're saying, you know, that's when this young mother said, cut me open, give me an epidural, and she really didn't want that. But you're just under so much, okay. So again, effacement means that the cervix is stretching and getting thinner. So have you ever felt stretched mm -hmm. in your life? Have you ever felt your patients running thin? Okay, all of these, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Um, so, what else did I want to tell you? Um, it's very common, emotional signs of transition. It's very common for the woman to say, I'm done, I can't. That's the stage. Um, so you might be incredibly irritated by everything, everyone around you. You may be withdrawn, difficult to communicate, respond. You may be restless, wanting to be uh, reassured and then get away from me. <laughs> uh, you may want company and then you tell everybody to get out. <laughs> so all of these feelings, um, some physical signs of transition, maybe shaking, trembling, sweating, having hot and cold flashes, dry mouth, and I won't give you them all because I don't think it's appropriate here. Uh, uh, feeling strong pressure. I heard Bill say pressure. So, you know, all of these things are happening and it's important to have good support. A, a good midwife, a good doctor who will encourage you and not 
not do something that you regret later on. So you need encouragement. So you know what? We need to be that midwife to each other. We need to be encouraging, supporting. We need to be praying. We, we really need to be saying, you, you're going to make it. You're going to get through this. You're going to make it. You're going to live. <laughs> so, and this young mother blessed me. I saw in her, she was still in her, in her bed, and um, on her wall she has scriptures that she's written out on pieces of construction paper up on the wall. And, and one, one on, on one piece she wrote that, that quote from the movie that they'll talk to you about. Um, this will be our finest hour. And then I, I'm just giving you some scriptures. I think some of them were um, Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. And um, Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So this young mother was telling me the key for her was to believe that God was there with her and he will get her through. And uh, the midwife said to her, you need to trade fear for faith. Amen. You need to trade your fear for faith. Amen.
So it's really amazing what God's doing. And, and I believe, I want to go back to this scepter statement. I believe, I believe Texas has been through so much. I just feel that because you've been through so much, spirit, soul, mind, and body with trauma and stuff, I see the scepter being raised. Because of what you've been through. Because of what you've been through. And I see it raised even high for your whole families. God says the scepter's up for the whole house. I think that's why there's so many angels in this place. We're going to be released set up camp round about your dwelling place and family members for a year. Going to be released. Amen. Set to rise. A uh, couple more thoughts here. I want to give. I, I, don't, I don't always use a rifle. I use a shotgun. So it's hard to not have whiplash sometimes. But uh, I believe for Katy, Texas, uh, I believe the Lord gave me a few words. So nobody would walk through the rest of the net. 
And uh, so they did a good job. And 10 minutes after the crew left, I looked out the window and I saw this set of footprints right in that fresh cement. I said to Dagmar, who in the world in this city could be that stupid? I think that's the reason why God didn't tell me who it was. <laughs> she said, I don't know, Bill, but you'll probably end up getting a message out of it. I said, I don't think so. I'm not very close to the spirit right now. <laughs> so I had to call the crew up. They come back, smooth it out. And this time, instead of just the two cones, they put like a one of plastic bars between them. So nobody else that stupid could get through. <laughs> so three days later, I'm brushing my teeth, not thinking about God. And he speaks this to me. He said, son, I'm pouring out fresh sidewalks in the cities Ooh. and neighborhoods. Ooh. And by the way, I'm looking for somebody who's stupid enough to walk in this fresh cement to leave their legacy for generations to I'm looking for somebody. And it's interesting. We studied that there's a set of footprints. There was not one piece of wet cement on the next block of sidewalk after it. No markings of those footprints after as though they came down and went back up. To me, that's a sign what he's challenged us this morning. He said, would you be willing to walk in the freshly poured sidewalks of your city I'm pouring out in neighborhoods right now to leave a legacy for others to follow? I don't know about you, but I'm young and I'm getting a little older. I said, Lord, don't let me leave this world until I leave a mark on it. I want to leave a set of footprints so people will know this is where he walked. And if he made it, I can too. So I went to Lowe's. I bought a my cones at home are bigger, but there's, there's a work. I bought a set of these. And uh, if somebody could help me move this back, I don't know how else to do this, but I just feel like God wants to make this thing real, the spirit. And uh, I think, I'm not sure where to put these and make room. Right here. If you have nice shoes, don't worry about it. It's the Lord. 